Welcome back, everybody, to We Talk Film. I am your host, as always, Barry, joined, as always, by Clayton. How are you doing, Clayton? I'm always here. <laughs> back again, another week, another <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, I, I, caught, I caught Clayton a bit off surprise a bit. I, I did the intro a bit too early. I don't think he was expecting it. We're getting straight into it today. There's a lot of things we're going to talk about today, isn't there, Clayton? There's a whole lot of things. Let's get straight into the news, shall we, Barry? Press the button. Straight into the news. Oh, all right. Our top Let's story news, this week. Oh, yep. Yeah, now I'm, I'm right on yeah, it, yeah. Mr. Barry. <laughs> our top story this week is we're getting a Highlander reboot uh, from the director yeah. Mr. Chad Stelowski. Yeah, we sure are. Mr. It, Chad Stelowski. Like of it. Sound of this. It's going to have it Henry Cavill. It sounds good. It's going to be really good. The Highlander is one of my favorite films of the 80s. It is, it's a classic, so I'm very glad that well, it's Well, all getting... 10 films? <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about anything after the first one. Just the first one. <laughs> just the first one. Just the first one. Just the first one. Yeah, no, it's it, it, it's going to be good. Well, especially, hopefully, like all the combat as well. They like bring their own John Wick-esque to it a bit, like with sword fighting. That would be cool. It would be very cool. Um, oh, But also... What else is cool or not cool, depending on how you look at it? Um, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? The newest movie, uh, Mutant Mayhem. It's coming out on digital less than a month after it's come out in cinemas. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to be able to bit... watch it on digital before we can see it because it doesn't come out in cinemas here un- for another like week or two. So it's very weird. Yeah, not until the 7th of September for Australia, so... I think it's on digital in a couple days. If no, if it's not out already, it's very weird. Um, yeah, that sure, is strange. Sure, Mister Seth Rogen, you do bizarre. your film. <laughs> yeah, well, that's weird. the thing because the only other thing would be like they signed a contract with somebody to be like, hey, you need to bring it to digital, or it's just not doing yeah. that well. Uh, but I thought it was doing all right. If it's released it seems, over in America, so it seems like it was doing all right. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Maybe they just had some issues with. Australia, I don't know, maybe some rating issues. Maybe yeah, some well, that's the thing, because even Blue Beetle's issues. not coming out to the 14th or whatever in Australia, and it's already been out everywhere it's else for the weird. past two weeks. So, I, I'm not I'm not quite sure what to make of that. Um, in other news, though, uh, a TV show I don't care about, uh, it's called The Idol, and it stars The Weeknd and a couple other people. It's been cancelled after one season. Yes! Um, yeah, it had um, yeah, Johnny sure. Depp's daughter in it. That was like our first ever major thing. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, like I knew about the show and that it was coming out just because yeah, it was like had the weekend, Johnny Depp's daughter in it, yada yada yada. Um, and then it was just like, oh, that got cancelled. Oh, boohoo. Oh no. <laughs> anyway. Oh no. Anyway, <laughs> other news. Disney Plus have cancelled something as well, and this is a show that I didn't know about until I have read this, and it sounds kind of cool. Uh, a show called Nautilus. Uh, was entirely Ooh. filmed. It was practically finished, and Disney Plus cancelled it. It was uh supposed to be based on Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, and kind of like a series adaptation of that. And it sounds it sounded oh, cool. Okay. Um, yep, yep. But yeah, they just cancelled it. They canned it. It's already been filmed. I don't know why they canned it, but they did. So that's a bit uh, strange. I don't yeah. know. Disney are being okay. weird because Disney have also changed the release dates for a bunch of their Marvel shows. Uh, with I think Loki being the only one that's remained the same, still October sixth. Uh, but what okay. if is apparently coming out Christmas this year? Um, yeah. So yeah. that. 
slightly pushed back. Echoes January next year. X-Men yep. 97's early 2024, which is a couple months after it was supposed to be. Um, Agatha Coven of Chaos is now late 2024. And then Ironheart, Wonder Man, and Daredevil have delayed indefinitely. So we'll, we'll oh, never damn. see damn. No. Well, that's the thing, because I, I was looking forward to the Daredevil one, because obviously the original team and everything coming back for it. Yeah, but for it's sure. Like, yeah, a whole, whole bunch of stuff going on over in Disney at the moment, that's for sure. Oh, Disney, 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 Disney. But another news. This is some good news, because we got some trailers. We got some releases. We got a trailer for a movie that looks really cool. It's called The Killer, starring Michael Fassbender. Yes. And this is the one you're yes. really excited for, Barry. Uh, I am really why, why, excited Why for is it. that? Tell us why you're excited about this. Because it's got Michael goddamn Fassbender in it. That's why I'm excited. Um, but no, also as well, from what I've heard about it, it's basically going to be a proper live-action version of the Hitman games, but except better. <laughs> uh, oh, and yeah. yes, of course, it's a David Fincher film as well, and David Fincher knows how to make films. <laughs> he does make films. That's true. He does make films. <laughs> yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. what else have I got? Oh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, another movie that we were excited for was originally yes, set that's to come right. out on October 6th. Um, it's been pushed back to October 20th. Um, yes, but do you know the reason weeks. why for that? Okay, no. you don't. So <laughs> the reason why it's been pushed back to October 20th, because originally it was only going to be in selected theaters and stuff like that, only for a short amount of time and then put onto Apple's um streaming platform yeah, yeah, yeah. now they've basically scrapped all that so they've delayed it by a couple of weeks and it's going to have a full release in imax theaters and everything now oh cool yeah That's, so it's going yeah, to be okay. a full movie did, release I, now so oh i i didn't read the article i just read the headline <laughs> yeah because it's all because since dune got pushed back and everything now mm. that's delayed a whole bunch of like imax screenings for stuff and everything like that so they yeah, thought it would be yeah. a good idea. Hey, guess what we could do now? Dune's not going to be playing. <laughs> oh, that so, makes sense. I, yeah. yeah, sure. Mm. Watch it. <laughs> yeah, Watch no, it's going to be good. Cool. Be good. Oh, boy. All right. This last story. This is the last story of the week. Um, It ties into the wacky story. The first part, then it becomes the wacky story. Okay, Barry? Then it becomes um, the wacky so, story. All right. Yeah, so <laughs> Barbie, right? Um. It is now Warner Brothers' highest grossing movie ever. It surpassed yes, uh, Harry Potter yep. and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. And yep. it's, yeah, biggest movie of the year. Warner Brothers' biggest movie ever. This It's insane. It's still uh, doing numbers. And it's said to come out on digital or streaming or something soon. So that's that's cool. Um, cool. But this this ties into, a, into the second part, right? So there's a wacky story. Mm -hmm. um, a distant relative of Robert J. Oppenheimer, uh, married a girl recently, oh, uh, not I say recently, mm -hmm. married a uh, an ex-Boston, uh, retired Boston University press professor named Barbie. So there's a, there's a woman named Barbie Oppenheimer, Barbara, <gasps> Barbie Oppenheimer, yeah, that's related Barbara. to the real Oppenheimer. Real Oppenheimer. And oh, my God. <laughs> Wow. It's, it's I bet really you they funny. were excited when everyone started saying Barbenheimer. <laughs> Apparently, it's been really annoying because they've <laughs> they've had to clarify it a lot. 
she tried to book a hotel room and they didn't believe she was a real person. Stuff like that has been happening to her recently. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that's still, pretty funny. That's just like that is that is such a wacky, wacky thing to happen. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. you wouldn't have thought that the movies were more related than <laughs> what they already were. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the cool. connections that's keep really on coming. Cool. The connections on keep on coming. Soon we're Thinking gonna find of- out Mattel <laughs> Mattel was the reason why they built the atomic bombs. <laughs> Whoa. Speaking of atomic bombs, let's talk about Ahsoka, Barry, because we watched the third episode of Ahsoka, <gasps> didn't we? Ooh. We did. We did. Um, yes, so episode three of Ahsoka came out this past week. Um, after the two episode premiere, and I was hoping like it would have been really cool if they like did two episodes like per week, just because I want more so of cool. this show. Um, <laughs> yeah. I re- I really just want to I just want to see everything now for it because each episode is um is getting better. Um, that's for sure. So far this episode. Um, so I'll discuss as to what happened as soon as my computer starts working. So this is part three. Time to fly. Hera tangles with the New Republic politics while Ahsoka and Sabine Wren voyage to a distant planet. Um, yeah, because obviously on the back end of episode two, they found out where um, Balin and Shin and Morgan are all hiding on the big space ring thing. And um, they're just like, hey, we should go and investigate it. And it was basically like the biggest homage to A New Hope, that film. Uh, well, the original trilogy in general. And space battles and Jedi's in space hey. and everything. Ahsoka went out into space and she was doing lightsaber stuff against um, starships, which was which was pretty cool. I, I, I'm not gonna it lie, was very cool. that was pretty cool to see. It was very cool. Yeah, this episode definitely felt like if Clone Wars did the the space stuff from A New Hope, and I loved it. Um, yeah, oh, I yeah. just all the space battling dogfight stuff. I could watch an entire movie of just. Pie fighters duking it out in space above a planet like that's the coolest thing ever it just it's so f- much fun um other than that not much else really happens this episode uh nothing is no it was definitely really. a, a filler a filler episode yeah. that's for sure but it was like a Wales. good filler episode though like it didn't feel yeah, wasted was, yes and that was another thing this is the first time we ever saw the live action um hogs whatever they call them hogs that's it Pergils. Pergils. Pergil. Porks, they're the things in Last Jedi. <laughs> they fly now? They fly. <laughs> they fly now? They fly now. Um, but they yes, we had a really now. cool space battle um, against Shinhati and Orok, who we still don't know who he is, and he spoke this episode as well. He's got his little, like, enhanced voice thing going on. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, obviously as well, Ahsoka is trying to teach Sabine how to use the Force and how to control the force and, so and right. everything like that and, and she's just not getting it and it's a whole like samurai japanese training lesson uh for her like what they did um for in a new hope what um ben did for luke like make him go invisible wear the helmet thingy but except this time ahsoka was whacking the shit out of her which was funny um <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny and um, it feels yeah i'm i'm not sure how i feel about it it feels like they're kind of doing the jedi stuff just to make sabine a Jedi, but it doesn't seem like that's gonna work. It's it's weird, all like training thing. I'm not quite sure yeah. where they're going with it. Yeah, uh, like but, there's a yeah. lot of ways um, that they can do, and knowing Dave Filoni, how he's probably written it, 
it's probably gonna like go 180 reverse or something like that just because with everything that he does like something there's a reason behind everything he does um exactly and it always leads yes. to like either something really good or something really sad <laughs> that's no, that's how he writes they, so if they if they kill david tennant <laughs> oh no <gasps> No, I want no. Hu Yang to be around forever. He needs to be, if they ever do future Star Wars stuff, there needs to be a mention of Hu Yang. Especially when they call him the He shows up Jedis, in so. the Ray film or something, the Ray future yep, yep. <laughs> whatever one that we're doing. Um, cool. And also, there's a new addition to the cast this week's episode. Um, they finally added in Jason Sendula, which yes, was um, Kanan's and... Yes, and Hera's um, son. Um, yes, yeah, so they obviously changed him up a, a little bit from the um, Rebels TV Thank show. <laughs> yeah, which which was good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's still kind of weird that he's just like looks more human, human. than alien. But <laughs> yeah, you'd think so that if they that's, just that's make the him dominant trait. Like, sure, I don't so, know. Whatever. Yeah, I'm why not, not going to get hung so, up on it. Nah, and now he's probably going to become another Jedi as well because since his yeah. dad was one, so that makes sense. It's another person that's force sensitive. Everyone's yeah. force sensitive. Besides Sabine, he Yang's just like you're, you're not force sensitive. You're shit, yeah. love. You're shit. You're absolutely shit. Every you are. <laughs> Every second Jedi survived Order sixty six, and they're like, no, yeah. Sabine yeah. must learn. <laughs> Oh yeah, and also Hu Yang did his General Grievous stuff against her. He's got four yeah, arms, that was fun. which was really cool. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah, that was um, really yeah, cool. Oh well, that, not really much happened this episode. So, no. should we final thoughts and ratings that episode of Ahsoka, and then get on to our main topic event of the night? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to give this episode an eight point five. I feel like it's keeping Ooh. consistent with the other episodes and everything like that. Um, but it was just, yeah, mainly like a big homage to the original trilogy or A New Hope in general, this episode, um, with the Clone Wars twist on it. Um, especially like when they see the big um, hyperdrive thing that they're building. They're like, is it another Death Star or whatever? I was like, yeah, that's cool. Oh, <laughs> not another one. Oh, God. Not another one. No, they do that in the sequel trilogy. That's another 20 years or whatever. <laughs> Thank God. There's no more. It's an entire planet. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, so yeah, yeah so 8.5. What are your yeah, final thoughts? 8.5. I'm going to give it an 8. So I've rated every episode an 8 because it's been consistently good. It's been consistently fun. Um, yeah, the show itself, yeah, it's good. It's like the best part of Clone Wars. Just carried on, continued doing more of that. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just hope that the rest of the show is equally this good or the ending hits even harder because it's. I don't want it to drop off. I don't want it to get stale and I don't want it to end up like Mando season three or something. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Cause like, well, this week, well, episode four will be halfway through the season already. Um, yeah. But another thing as well for, I was looking at the director's list on who's directing which episode and Dave Filoni is actually directing episode five again. So, you know, there's going to be something special okay. for episode five if he's directing. So yeah, we gotta, we gotta wait two weeks for that one. Oh, two I'm weeks excited! For that one. Mm. Excited. But you and know what else, else I'm excited, excited for? for? What? what? Oh, we said it, we said the same thing. We're basically the same guy. Thanks. <laughs> we finish each other's uh, sandwiches. Yeah, all that. Yeah, jazz. definitely. 
<laughs> Alright, what are we doing so tonight? So what are Baron? we doing, Clayton? Oh, what are we doing? We are well recently <laughs> well a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we did um our favorite films. Well, our top picks from the 1960s. And we did basically what we call a draft pick. So basically we select other movies that from one another and essentially we find out who has the best list. And then we put that to you, the listeners, on who has the best list. And hopefully the people this time actually look hear these lists and let us know what they think of these lists. But this time we are talking about the 1970s um, where, yeah, a lot of good films did come out. And yes. I... Been nothing. All the films I've been watching for the past week are from the 1970s. So yeah, I'm been oh. keeping consistent. <laughs> nice. That's better than I've done. I haven't watched any any 70s films to prepare for this podcast, and um, disappointing. Ooh, but that's okay because my list is longer than I had for the 60s one. Because I've seen oh, a lot of these good. movies. Yeah. So mine's actually like shorter. Ready. So <laughs> I feel like. I feel like this is this is going to be a good list though because some of the greatest films ever made came out in during the seventies. You know, this is oh, post Vietnam. Yes. This is changing in society. Cinema itself was changing as well. We were getting very different films in this decade than anything else in history. It was it was definitely a very somber period, especially for Hollywood and America, yep. even Australia, because this is when Australia's cinema started picking back up after the big drought that was the previous forty years. So we're oh, seeing yeah, yeah, yeah. Australian films. I've got some Australian films on my list as well. So it's going to be. Well, that's good because awesome. I thought you would do that. So I left them off my list intentionally. Hey. So. <laughs> but... <laughs> good job, Barry. I left ones off my list that I knew you would think about too. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot yeah. of mine, I feel like, I like really the big common ones from the 70s. Um, there might be one or two. True. I will say that people might not have heard about um hopefully but well yeah we'll see we'll see we'll see very cool well shall we get into it barry i'm gonna flip this guitar pick do you want the side with the pattern or the side that's blank which one <laughs> uh the blank side let's see ah it fell off my chair it's the blank side you you want to go first or second barry uh i will go second this time around good sir because i think i went first last time i can't remember I have no idea. <laughs> I do not know, but what I do know is the film I'm going to pick first. So you're giving it to me. Uh, I am going to, where is it? What year did this one come out? Yeah, I'm going what to grab. What year did it come out in? Film from 1973. Um, this is a film that Ooh. I know you love very much. And it's one of like my favorite films from the 70s that's not set in the 70s. Uh, it's called American <laughs> like Graffiti. Yeah, yes. It's called American Graffiti. It's done by George Lucas before he did Star Wars, and it's such a great film. It's got Harrison Ford in it. It's got half of the cast from uh, from everything after that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So yep. many people are in this movie, but it's a so really, many people are in that film. It's a really fun end of high school in the fifties. Lots of cars you know yeah, all the yeah. dudes are trying to get girls it's it's so much fun the soundtrack to it is really great um i really recommend it if anyone hasn't seen it because it's a classic film it holds up really well it too it is I a classic it film it does and with yeah a pre han solo harrison ford as well um interesting enough and he looks so young at it as well like i was I watching what, i just saw like little clips of it 
um, today while I was doing my list and everything like that. I was like, he looks so young compared to how he looks in Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I know. It's crazy. Well, he was like 32 or 33 in Indiana Jones, I think. He was 30s in that least. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to see him young, and it's just cool to see him in this movie. That's really fun. It's just a classic movie. It holds up really well. It's really well written, too. Um, yes. Which, yeah, definitely yeah. cements yeah. George Lucas's cinematography uh, prowess, I guess, <laughs> in this movie. So, yep, Barry, yep. what are you going to follow up American Graffiti with? So, I'm going to follow up American F- Graffiti with, let's just, it's a film I actually only just watched this week, and I've heard about it for years and years, mainly through an Archer joke um, because of one of the actors in it. But, yeah, my film, number one film, is going to be Deliverance in 1972 Ooh, yes. with John Voight. And um, the other guy. Yeah, man. Ever? Uh, yeah. What's <laughs> I his always name? forget his name. Uh, um, it's over on my shelf. Oh, uh, Burt Reynolds. Yeah. yeah, Burt Reynolds. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Burt Reynolds. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I've heard about it for years. I know like scenes from the film and everything like that, and like comedy shows like referencing it all the time. Um, because yeah, it was quite like an influential film when it came out back in the day, and it's quite a like harrowing film as well like there's a lot of like like oh shit type yeah. thing like no one did this type thing back then um but yeah no it was an interesting film to actually watch and now i understand uh, yes. the reference from archer so thank you archer for making me watch deliverance <laughs> well, for sure deliverance is it's an insane movie i've um had it on my shelf for a while i've watched it a couple of times it's just so different as a movie it's very in your face yes. and it's crazy and it it makes canoeing very scary like if you ever go canoeing after oh yeah deliverance <laughs> yeah no and, i'm I'm not planning on going canoeing anytime soon now it's it's so, a crazy yeah. film it's um yeah it's, it's definitely a, crazy a hard film. watch not yep. for everyone that's for sure um, no no it's it's really well done it's just such a good movie it's like it's hard it's a hard watch it's hard to get through it's worth it if you stick with it i i think yeah yeah no it's definitely like um one of those films like depending on like how much of a film geek you are and everything like that um just because how much is referenced in like later films and stuff like that everything uh, especially the whole like banjo scene as well um like i didn't actually realize that was from this film until i started watching i was like they referenced that in like so many comedy films yeah dueling banjos moment is it's crazy dueling banjos moment a movie where nothing really happens for the first hour and a half too so yeah well it was just meant to be like a a camping adventure and then something something goes horribly wrong and it goes hillbillies man wrong really really bad (laughs) really really bad uh yeah yeah so don't go camping in that river well it's not there anymore so we're fine go canoeing yeah (laughs) Oh boy! Oh, Deliverance. That was one I wanted. I was gonna grab that eventually. So uh, I'm kind of. I'm upset now, Barry. Probably, you, you've ruined yeah, my yeah. mood. <laughs> well, there was other another film I could say that I know you definitely want. Um, that I, I'm not gonna say, <laughs> but I might. It's a lot of films. If you don't say it, pending. We'll see how we go. Uh, all right. I'm gonna grab a little different. 
this is oh, this is again. This is also a film that's not set in the seventies. At least I don't think it is. Ooh, um, okay. It's from nineteen seventy four, and it stars a Jack Nicholson as the title role. It's called Chinatown. Good old Chinatown. Yeah, man. It's one of probably the greatest like noir films of the seventies. It's a cool little a crime thriller. Jack Jack Nicholson's running around the streets looking after this girl and there's yeah stuff yep. happens and there's oh, wacky reveals and it's it's really fun. It's a fun, clever movie and uh yeah, you get to see Jack Nicholson get beat up a lot, which is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no you do. And the whole knife flick scene which if you watch Adam Savage's tested channel, they actually did like a behind <laughs> the scenes of how they did that scene and everything like that. Um, it's all right. He didn't actually get cut with a knife. He's fine. He's fine. Um, but yeah, no, it is like, like you said, a very good noir film. I would say probably one of the best noir films, um, that was made, um, back, back in the day. Cause you don't see too many of them now or really very rarely at all now, I suppose. You haven't really um, seen any since I feel like Chinatown's kind of yeah. the end of that era. Because it's that, accounting, that coming out of the 60s noir sort of stuff. We had, Yeah, this was very much the end of it. So yeah, I'm very yeah. glad to grab Chinatown as my number two. Ooh, okay. Well, if that's going to be your number two, I'm going to follow it up with my number two, also starring Jack Nicholson, which is probably one of my favorite acting performances on screen. Um, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, 1975. Ooh. Um, so yes, that came out the year after of Chinatown because back in the seventies, um, Jack Nicholson was on a roll, and also the eighties as well. <laughs> like he 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 was yes, good for sure. Um, but yes, this is an absolutely amazing film. It's basically about this guy who goes into an insanity ward, and you know gets up to hijinks and everything like. That. It's like was he actually insane? Yada yada yada, or is he just faking the entire know. time? But the other thing as well. This introduced um, the great Danny DeVito. Also, this is his first ever big film um, appearance. And also Christopher Lloyd, Dark, is in this film. Yeah. Um, this was their yeah, first ever big film. And yeah, it was it's such a wacky, interesting film to watch. And I'll go back every now and again and um, watch it and stuff like that. Um, because yeah, it's just like of the ending of it. Like you, I did not expect that to actually happen. Um, oh. Spoilers for those who haven't seen Wait, Hang on, I haven't seen um, it. I haven't nest. seen it. You haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Okay, no, I, I won't it say anything then. <laughs> you have to watch it because it's actually based upon a book um, by Ken Kiersey, um, which then Ooh. got made into a stage play, which what Danny DeVito was part of. And then when they wanted to make the movie version, they asked everyone that was on the stage play, like, "Hey, do you want to be in this film?" And so that's how Danny DeVito got into it, and most of the cast, I'm so pretty cool. sure. So. Yeah, I will definitely check it out. Oh, yeah. It's been on my list for a while. I just haven't haven't and gotten around to it. And also produced by Michael Douglas as well. Oh, okay. He's a producer for it, so sure. you know, sure. Why not? Why not? Why not? All right. Now this is where it gets tough. Number three. Okay. Number three. Do 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 All right. I'm gonna grab. I'm gonna grab. Uh, the big Australian film on my list. From 1979, a little film called Mad Max by the director of Babe 2, Pig in the City. This is probably yeah, very small film. slightly better <laughs> slightly better than Babe. <laughs> just a bit, just a bit. 
Oh, this is awesome. This is one of the like greatest Australian films ever made, Mad Max. I mean, I've been to the museum where they filmed the second one and the first one, and I've seen all this oh, stuff. Oh, that's cool. It is so cool. And um, the franchise still holds up well. The movies themselves hold up well. Uh, Mel yeah, Gibson, yeah. it's his best performance in anything ever, and he doesn't say much. He's just kind of angry the whole time. Yeah, and yeah. It's well, really, cool. that's the thing. Like with Mad Max, because I actually didn't see the first one first. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I actually, yeah, was the first introduction to that like whole mythos was actually the second film, um, which I really love. The second film to me is is absolutely amazing. Um, and Ed then Robert. it wasn't for, like a couple years later until I actually <laughs> realized, oh, there was actually like a first one to it. <laughs> and then, yeah, I watched um, Mad Max, which was called Something Else in America. I can't remember what it was. It was uh, uh, ooh, it was just called The Road Warrior because the second one came out first. So it was just The Road Warrior and then they got Mad Max after that. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's that. Uh, and then, but, um, yeah, watched yeah. it. And then I was like, oh, so that's the origin story and what happened and everything like that. And it's such like a low budget film as well compared to the second one. <laughs> yeah, for real. But it's still so good. It holds up really well. I went to the museum before I'd seen any of them. And then um, yep, yep. when I got back from that holiday, um, it was like, oh, now we have to watch the Mad Max movies because you went to the thing. And I was like, okay, got cool. To watch them all. <laughs> yeah, so I watched all of them. Uh, Thunderdome, less enjoyable than the others, but they're good. Yep, yep, yep. They're all good. Um, so yeah, They're I'm going Mad really Max good. Number three. Number three. Okay. Cool beans. Well, let's let's change it up a little bit. We've been talking about very, very serious type films. So my number three is going to be a, a small little a small little film starring um I forget his name. Why am I drawing a blank with so many actors and so many things yeah, today, man? man? Uh, the film is um, Willy Wonka and the Charlotte Fac- Chocolate Factory, 1971. Gene, Gene Wilder. The original <laughs> Gene Wilder. That's it. Yep. Gene Wilder. Um, but yes, this is the only like Charlotte, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie you should ever watch. Don't watch the Johnny Depp one. Um, don't go and watch Timothy Chalamet's weird one. <laughs> this is meant yeah. to be like a... It's meant to be an origins to this one, which is just even more strange. Um, but yes, no, I was obviously this is like as a kid, got sat down, forced to watch this, and I absolutely loved it. And especially like Gene Wilder's character in it, he's just was an amazing actor for his time. He did a yeah. lot of great films back in the seventies. Um, and yeah, this is such a, a magical, wonderful film still to watch, and quite like haunting as well. Like there's that whole boat scene where they're going through the dark and stuff like that. I remember being <laughs> terrified as a kid every time that oh, scene yeah. came on. But it was still, it's cool to go back and watch now as like film students and everything like that to, to see what how they did it all and, and stuff like that. Um, it's yeah. really, really cool. It's a really impressive movie. I mean, everyone loves that Willy Wonka movie because it, it's, it's insanely, it's just well done and it's intriguing. Yeah. It's yeah. terrifying. The whole thing's like eerie. You you want to yep. be there, sort of thing. It's, it's it's unexpeakable how much of just like a classic masterpiece this is. Um, and yeah, they should never have remade it. So <laughs> no, no, definitely oh, not. Boy. All right, now you're throwing it back to me for my number four. Your oh, number oh, oh, oh. four. I'm gonna follow up 
uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with another film starring Gene Wilder. Another fun little film. Uh, where and probably his of- best film that he ever did. <laughs> yes. Not a chocolatier. He is a cowboy. It's called Blazing oh, yes. Saddles. Blazing oh, Saddles. Oh, my gosh. We should dedicate an entire <laughs> podcast about this, about this one film. Oh, we should. Ah, yes, yes. This has to be one of the best comedy films, if not one of the best films. Well, it's my favorite Mel Brooks film and Gene Wilder film that they did together. That's true. For sure, for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Just the level of jokes in it, the level of detail, the level of absurdity that's in it (laughs) is just amazing. And this film came out in the 70s as well. And the stuff they could get away with, I was like shocked. <laughs> it's crazy. No, this whole film, it's so yeah. funny. It holds up so well. The jokes are always going to be funny. Um, Mel Brooks, yep. Mel Brooks yep. makes such funny stuff. This and Spaceballs are two oh, of the yeah. best comedies ever made. Um, yep. And yeah, yep. this this holds no bars. Gene Wilder's awesome in it. He's so funny. Such a great comical actor because he's just like a quirky little dude. Um, yeah. yeah, he kills yeah. it in this. Every other actor in this is great. The ending of this movie is probably the most insane ending of any movie ever. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Spoil- spoilers for uh... Blazing Saddles. They break the fourth wall in every way possible. It- <laughs> it's so crazy. It ends with them just getting into like a Cadillac and driving off into the sunset. <laughs> That's right. As they leave Hollywood. <laughs> So good. Oh, oh, so good. I, so I, good. Oh man, I love that movie so much, Barry. What are you gonna follow up that one with? Oh, that's a hard one to follow up with. Um, so are we? Is this this is number five now? We're halfway through. Aren't no, we? this is this is your number no? four. This is my number okay, four. Not quite. Not quite. Okay. Okay. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> uh so my number four. Let's bring it down just a little bit and go to the year of 1976 where a film starring Robert De Niro and directed by Martin Scorsese came out called Taxi Driver. Uh, Mm. This has to be, I think I've said this before when we did like our most inspirational movies and stuff like that. This was, this is definitely high up there on my list. Um, This, the aesthetic, Mm -hmm. the feel, the tone. Um, This is basically the seventies films. Uh, like version of Driver, <laughs> in a way. Um, and yeah, yeah this is really yeah, like the outstanding performance of um, Robert De Niro. This, I think, this is the film that made him really big. That everyone like, realized. Oh, wait a minute! This, this, this You're guy's um, yeah, quite You're a good actor. Yeah, because <laughs> he already did like a few movies prior with Scorsese already. Because they're basically like best pals. They grew up together and everything like that. Yeah. So like, hey, let's do films together now. Because um, I also have another film they did together. They came out before this, which is still really cool. But not as good as Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver essentially definitely just sets the tone of what I like and the aesthetic and the appeal. And also was the major inspiration behind the Joker film. Um, Todd Phillips' yeah. one in 2019. So, I haven't seen it. It's on the list, yeah. Barry. <laughs> yeah. It's another yeah. one that you've told me to watch hundreds of times. And I'm like, I'll get to it. I'll oh, do yeah. It. We'll get well, that's to the thing, it. especially because since you love um, Driver so much, uh, I think you I would drive. really, really love this. It's, yeah, you drive. You drive a lot. You do. I drive. Um, I and taxi. it also has a young Jodie Foster in it as well. Oh, okay. 
Oh, yeah, sure. I think she it's was cool. like sixteen or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> in this film, and it's, it, yeah, it's, it's quite weird as well because it's just like stuff that so happens weird. and who she is. She she might have been eighteen. I, I I'm hoping she was eighteen, but I feel like there was something. There was a serious case back know. in the day for this film where she was like really young. Yeah, you might be right. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah. Oh well, that's that's my number four. <laughs> that's your number four. All right, throwing it to my number five. Halfway there. Oh, for me this round. Um. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm gonna grab. I'm going to do 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 go to the year 1970. Can you guess what it's gonna end in? Probably not. <laughs> I'm going to go 1978 for this one. And uh, this is another film with uh, Mr. De Niro in it, as well as Christopher Walken and a yep, bunch of yep. other people. It's called The Deer Hunter. Yes, yes it is. And you've yes. only just recently watched this as well. <laughs> I have. On my yeah. list because it was really good. Um, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> I went into this film not knowing what to expect and was kind of blown away just by how old it was in its like creative choices. Um, the performances yeah, in yeah. this are really entertaining. Everyone's good in this. There's not a bad character. And considering it's three hours no. of people talking for the most part, it's, yep. it's weirdly gripping. Like the first hour and a half well, of this the... movie is just people dancing at a it's wedding. Just, yeah. Yep, that's it. Yeah. And then There's a lot of wedding scenes back yeah. in the 70s. <laughs> that's true. And then, yeah, it becomes this whole, like, game of Russian roulette and PTSD amongst these dudes. And it, it's really well done. Um, And, yeah, there's nothing else like it, really. It kind of stands on its own as its own little piece of cinema history, the deer hunter. Yeah, so, well, that's the thing, because I had, like, three of the biggest actors in Hollywood, well, Christopher Walken, Meryl <laughs> Streep, and... um. Robert De Niro in it. And this is what kind of like started off their, their a lot of their careers in the seventies and stuff like that. It was just like doing films number like five. this. Your number five. That's a is good number five. What's your one? Number five. Johnny right. Five is alive. <laughs> um. <laughs> so my number five then. It's a bit interesting film. Okay. Like, oh. Yeah, well, not so much interesting. It's probably one of the best and only, like, movies I can go back and watch just because of um, the actual music to it all and everything like that. So my number five is going to be the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, okay. 1975. Sure. Yeah. You probably didn't expect me to, to pick that, did you, Clayton? No, I didn't. Because... I am a m massive <laughs> fan of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, man. Tim Curry... Richard O'Brien, Susan Sarandon, Meatloaf is in this, and just the actual score meatloaf. and everything. Good <laughs> <laughs> Meatloaf. Um, yeah, I actually like have the soundtrack on Spotify, and every now and again I will listen to it because uh, wow. I actually really, really like it. So yeah, and it's just like it's such it a wacky it. It. film as well. Just like the whole setup of it, the theatrics of it all, and you know, it's. Dealing with other stuff besides not just like what you expect it would be type thing. Um, so yeah, very very cool and interesting film, and yeah, definitely a must watch for people who love theater music based stuff and everything like yeah. that. Well, I mean, yeah, it's definitely an over the top experience. That's for sure. It's 
people seem to love it. I never got into it. I always was kind of like for me, but you know, I, sure yep, you can yep. pick it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Freeze up the, the ones box, I want. The for box me. off it, box office of it now, which is yeah, ridiculous because yeah. the budget for it was one point four million. The box office it's made is two hundred and twenty six million. <laughs> Oh, okay. Maybe. Like, damn. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah, that's insane. I, I, that is insane. <laughs> that so, is yeah, crazy. good all the people all that right. made that. Yeah, Jim Sharman and Richard O'Brien. Um, yeah, good good job. Wow. <laughs> they probably made a shit okay. ton of money. Well, it's probably the reason why a lot of the actors in that and those writers probably did nothing afterwards because they just made money off this one film. It's true. I mean... Tim Curry went and played a clown afterwards. That was cool. That's right. He did that. He did the thing. And he was the vo- he was the bad guy in the Fern Gully movie. Tim Curry was the voice of the pollution. Monster. Yes. That was cool. Good old Tim Curry. That's what I know him from. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's fun. <laughs> sure. All right. So I'm going to follow that up with my number six. I'm going to pick a Western. Uh, this is the first Ooh. Western on the list. I'm going to pick yep. uh, one from 1976 called The Outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah. Starring, yeah, starring Clint, Clint Eastwood. In he, this is, he directed this one too. Yes, I think. Yes, he did. That's the, I know, not that's the quite right the right one. movie. <laughs> <laughs> I had it on the soundboard from last time. <laughs> yeah, I, was, this might have, this, I think this was his directorial debut. It was Outlaw. It was it was either the first or okay. the second one. The yeah, it would have been around that did. time where he was just like, "I've done enough of listening to other people. I'm going to start making my own films and then like yeah. winning a lot of Oscars and awards and everything like that." Um, and this movie's great. So, yeah. This is one. Of, this is like oh, yeah. my favorite western from the seventies, apart from maybe Blazing Saddles, <laughs> but like. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's such a like a grounded, mature story. I mean, it opens with his family getting killed. Spoilers, and then the whole movie's him, yes, running around like the war and all of these other events that are happening. It's an insane yep, yep. movie. It's very, very different to the other westerns that came before it, and I love it. It's just, it's really good. It holds up really well. Most of these movies hold up really well. So it's if you like westerns, it's definitely one for the list. And it's also one that not too many have seen because it's not the big, big name. Yeah. It was um his seventh movie he directed. I was close. <laughs> I don't know why I had the idea of <laughs> You were in the first. 10. You were in the 10. Um, yeah, his first one was in 71 called Play Misty for Me. Um, that, his okay. second I was... was Dirty Harry. He directed that? He directed oh, that. Oh, okay. All right. And then, I've... yeah, he did another one. And then his other Western one was High Plains Drifter. Yes, which is also a good one. But um, I know I completely yeah. forgot about Play Misty for me, and I didn't know about Dirty Harry that he directed that. So that's, yeah, sure. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so you, you you're in the top the 10. You're not top here. seven. You're in top yeah, seven. We <laughs> make up and take notes. <laughs> Barry, what's your number six? Uh, My number six. Okay, I'm just going to bring it back to Scorsese. 1973, one of their first films they did together. Well, I think the first film they did together. Uh, I'm just going to to make sure upon that. But starring Rob De Niro, Harvey Cartel, Amy Robinson, uh, Mink Streets. Yeah, basically 1973, uh, a slice of street life in Little Italy. 
and basically criminals, gangs, yeah. all that type of fun stuff. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a good little film. Not as good as Taxi Driver and definitely not as good as his other films, like Goodfellas and everything like that he, he later on did. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. 73, they would have been probably around our age when they did this. Um, it's, yeah, like, a very wow. good, yeah, like, first introduction to, like, to see his other films to eventually what he would do after all this. And it still like kind of references back to this one film that he did where Mean Streets like kind of started it all in a way for him. So yeah. That's very cool. I it I it's another one that I haven't seen. It's another little gap in my 70s film history. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, check it out eventually. Um it's definitely on the list. People seem to really like it. Um whenever you hear people talk about best films of the 70s, it usually comes up. And it came up today, yep. so sure. It I was... did come up today. Did and come because up it's today. a Scorsese film, so I have to say it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Barry's a Scorsese fanboy, for real. Just a bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Right, I'm going to completely pick something different and random and something that you would never have picked. Um, it's also from nice. 1973. And um, this, this film... A lot of people don't know it exists. A lot of people hear this and think, oh, you mean that TV show from about five or six years ago? I'm talking about Westworld. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh right. Good old Westworld, it, the movie. The movie. It's far from the best movie ever made, but the premise alone for 1973, it's so awesome. I, I oh, genuinely yeah. love it. Um, it, yep. yeah, it definitely doesn't hold up as well. It's a little goofy no. at times, <laughs> no. but it's so um, cool. Um, the cowboy dude in it, the evil cowboys, his performance in this movie makes it for me like alone. It's like if yeah, you, Robocop was a you cowboy. Brenner. It's so awesome. Yeah. Oh, Brenner. He's you the Brenner. cowboy. And it, no, it's really good. He's it, the cowboy. <laughs> There's Romans and <laughs> other things that happen in it. It's, it's really cool. And it spawned the whole like. Kind of like stuck in a video game sort of genre can kind of be toned back to this, yep. even though it's like an amusement park. It still kind of fits that, that finding thing, and a lot of things have uh, taken inspiration from it. And then, of course, it got turned into a television show that won awards for a while. Yes, so, you know, yes, it did. Uh, because that's the thing that. as well. Have you seen the the sequel to Westworld that came out in '76 oh, called Future God, World? No, no, oh, I haven't. Okay. Oh, God. So yeah, no. So they they actually did do a sequel to the original Westworld film oh, or Future why? World, um, with you Brenner back in it, and it's it's worse than the original, <laughs> but not <laughs> as like not like a a gradual like we're talking like probably just like half a star or something like that. They're probably about this on the same level as one another. So, but okay, yeah, this the idea and the concept of of Westworld. Is, is a lot better done. And then it was like, oh, let's kind of somewhat continue it a little bit in Future World. Where's the future? Oh, oh this future God. world. See, I, did, I didn't know the sequel existed, so <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, Barry, what's your number seven? <laughs> my number, was it my number seven or my number six? I can't remember. Seven. Six was Mean Streets, so this is your number seven. Ooh, okay. Uh, Ooh. So my number seven is a film... I would say you haven't watched. A lot of people probably haven't watched. But I know James Gunn has watched it because he put it up on Twitter. And this is the whole reason why I watched it. And I actually really love this film now. It is a film that came out in 1973 called The Long Goodbye. 
um, which is basically Ooh, nice. yeah, a guy, um, Philip Marlowe, is a private detective. And, and shit goes down like they always do. And it's, yeah, like one of those Ooh. things again, like Chinatown, very noir type film. Um, very violent. Like it, it, very, very violent at times. And he basically help, he needs to help uh, like an old friend out in a jam. And then he's like implicated for his wife's, wife's murder and everything like that. And yeah, it's, it's, kind, of a, it's kind of a cool, cool little film um, yeah. that not too many people know about. And it actually stars um, Elliot Gold. I think it's one of his, well, yeah, it was like his big first ever film type thing. Um, who's the actual like old guy from uh, the Oceans franchise. Oh, who I'm pretty yeah, sure has passed right, right. away now. See, I, I don't know that about this. I don't know anything about this film. I've never heard of it. So I'm definitely. Yeah, no, it's it very like under, under cool. the radar type film. Um, but yeah, like yeah, once wow. you watch it, you're just like, oh, this is actually like a really good film. I love that. I love movies like that. That's, that's cool. Yeah. I will check that one out. Oh, man. All mm. right. Number eight. Okay. Oh, this is where it gets a little tough. Okay, I'm going to go to 1973. I'm going to grab a prison break film. Another prison break film? You picked like three of them in the 60s. I feel like you like prison break films. Usually really good. Uh, And this is no exception. This one stars Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. It's called Papillon. Uh, it was remade a couple of years ago with Rami Malek, which yes, the remake was yep, kind of yep. eh. I mean, it was all right, but it doesn't hold. Well, the remake is the only one I've seen. I still need to watch the original. Yeah, <laughs> see? I picked a movie Barry hasn't seen. This is insane. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, Papillon. It, the original is so much better. It's so good. It's a, um, I think it's quite yeah. a long movie, but yeah, it's really yeah. entertaining. Uh, well, that's because especially since it's got Dustin Hoffman in it as well. I'm a bit more intrigued now. He's great. I'm, He's yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, man, he kills it. Yeah, Remy Malik's he's playing the Dustin Hoffman character. Uh, oh, okay, okay. And, and yeah, Charlie holds... Hunnam, yeah, Steve McQueen. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. Yeah, but, yeah. um, yeah, no, the original, it's so good, man. I, they should never have remade it because the original's close to being a perfect movie in my, own, in my eyes. Yep. So, yeah, I'm grabbing Papillon. What are you following that good up with, Barry? Papillon. Number For eight. my number eight... Okay, my number eight. I'm going to have pick a film that we've discussed before on this podcast um, when we talked about Creed, um, which I still have watched that film way too many times this year. Um, But yes, uh, in 1976, a small film came out called Rocky. (laughs) And yeah, it probably still has to be my favorite sports film of all time. And it is so amazing. Um, every time I go back and watch that film, it's just amazing to hear about the story um, behind Lake Sylvester Stallone and how he made that Rocky and how he made it all happen and everything like that and how he had a dream. It's very, it's very inspirational, um, even as a young film writer and everything like that, to be like, hey, this guy had a passion um, and it took him many, many years to get there, but he, he got there and it yeah, turned into Did one it. of the biggest franchises in the world. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be my number eight. I don't blame you. That's one of the greatest films ever made, um, and everyone's seen it. Yeah. Everyone knows Rocky. Yeah. My cat everyone is named knows after Rocky. this movie. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Everyone knows Rocky. Everyone knows Rocky. Okay, so, yeah, 1976. That's a good choice. All right. We each have two films left. This is a tough yeah. one. I, this is I a tough one. I kind of want to pick films that we haven't talked about a lot, 
So yeah. I think I'm going to grab another Western. This one's from 1972, Ooh. and it's one that you yep. also haven't seen. Uh, it's called Jeremiah Johnson. If you you've seen the meme where the the bearded guy in the snow, the cowboy looks and kind of kind of nods to the camera. That's what that that's from that this movie. It, it basically follows uh... this, this guy who ends up living alone in the snow, and there's he runs into some Native Americans, and there's this conflict, and there's a bear and stuff in it. It's kind of kind of like um, uh, what was that one that Caprio was uh with the bear? Revenant. Kinda, it's kind of like Revenant, but more classic Western, and done oh, forty okay. years prior. So it's yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's, it's got a little Robert bit like Redford that. in it. So yeah, man, it's it's got some big guys in it, and it's another one that kind of flew yeah. under the radar. Um, most people know it from the meme of of the cowboy looking and nodding. So that's yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah. the legacy of this film. So <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, like I people still might be intrigued to like. Be like, hey, where does that meme come from? And then people will still watch the film. So, you know, it, it's kind of a good yeah. thing. It is good. But, yeah, it's a really good yeah. movie. And you should definitely check it out because you'll like it. It's a good classic little Western film. Um, yeah, very, very... Definitely be adding stand- that Standalone little Western. That's my number Yeah, well, nine. I just realized that it was, it was Robert Redford. So I was like, oh, I actually should watch yeah, this now. <laughs> I couldn't couldn't remember his name. So I'm glad you, glad you brought it up. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So my yeah, my second last choice. What do you do? What's yours? Second Barry? last choice. Well, uh, 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 my second last choice is going to be a film I rewatched again last night, and I have seen this film quite a few times now. Um, starring Marlon Brando, Martin Sheen, Dennis Hopper, Lawrence Fishburne, Harrison Ford. Um, Apocalypse Now, nineteen seventy nine. Uh, still True. such a wacky, trippy esque film but it has its moments it is still a very good film still can't get over how young Lawrence Fishburne is in it I'm pretty sure he was only 17 at the time of making it um and yeah even like Martin Sheen and everything like that this is such like a wacky film well even though everyone was on drugs like everyone (laughs) yeah (laughs) watch the behind the scenes of everything um it was such like a, a just a Paying the butt for Francis Ford Coppola, um, because this is obviously yeah. after he did um, Godfather and The Godfather Part Two, and there's a reason why obviously we haven't said them on the podcast because we did a whole dedicated podcast about The Godfather. We tried not to talk about them on our list, and the same thing try not Star to. Wars as well. <laughs> try not to, try not to. Um, but yeah, this is it's a good film. Um, I wouldn't say that it was his best film. I still prefer like yeah, The Godfather ones yeah. more than this and everything like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's still one of those films where it's interesting to watch. Um, and especially like Definitely people cool. who haven't seen it and everything like that and don't know about the yeah Vietnam War and everything like that. This has to be like the go-to Vietnam War film, essentially, because it really puts you in the mindset yeah. of what the soldiers were like, feeling and what was actually going on and all the political side to it all a bit. And yeah, and then it just gets wacky yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> In, in past, that's true. So. You know, I, I, I would probably disagree with the fact that it's like the definitive Vietnam one. I'd probably throw that to Full Metal Jacket, uh, Kubrick's film. I think that uh, is probably yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah. Vietnam War movie. I feel like that portrays it really well in an even more unique way. But um, Apocalypse Now is definitely great. It has probably the greatest like opening 10 minutes of any movie ever with the helicopters and the doors playing and the 
getting in and out of seeing Mr. Martin Sheen. It's oh, yeah. The soundtrack crazy. for this is just phenomenal. So um, good, man. But, yeah, it is definitely just like a, it's oh, yeah. a trippy-esque film and everything like that um, with yeah. what it's all meant to be about. And, yeah, but, no, definitely definitely a must-watch, um, especially if you're into yeah. cinema and everything like that. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely watch Apocalypse now. So. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I definitely don't. Don't blame me for picking it. It's a good movie. Um, yeah. But now it's now it's tough because this is my last film. i got to think of something yes, to follow up. and that. I hope your last one isn't my last one because I have a feeling we might be thinking of the same one. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of – I've got a couple on my list that I'm joshing between. Okay, okay, um, okay. So I think I'm going to have to pick my favorite comedy of all time. From uh, Ooh, okay, from a bunch of bunch of British guys who found their way into Jerusalem. A bunch of once. British guys. It's, <laughs> it's called Monty Python's uh, yeah, Life of Brian going. from 1979. The life of and this, Brian. And this is one we've talked about before, call but I Brian. have to mention it because it's it's so good. It's really funny. It's the best of the Monty Pythons, oh, yeah. and and that's saying something because all of Monty Python stuff is usually really funny and it's, clever. It's great. Here's here's but, a yeah. here's an idea that I'm gonna throw out to you now in the middle of the podcast. Just you know, everyone's listening. Oh. We should actually do a Monty Python podcast episode. We actually watch every single thing that they Ooh. ever did and rate them. We should, and we could do it like we Monty should. Python style. We'll put voices on and we'll just do jokes the whole time. Yes, that would be great. <laughs> that would be absolutely great. So <laughs> oh, future, future idea for podcast, guest. everyone. Hey, oh, today's guest. Biggest guest. Get some coconuts. Get some biggest dickers. <laughs> and next week we'll have Incontinentia. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, that'd be really fun. Yeah, because like same as like Meaning of Life and all their little skits and oh, yeah. stuff like that. I'm pretty sure it's it's yeah, all on Netflix now. Circus. They sound like a contract or whatever. The Flying Circus. So I have a yeah. box set of all of their movies. So I've got all four oh, of their cool. movies, including cool. Best of cool. which is Best of Best of Flying Circus as well, the show. So that's pretty yep. much all of it. But um they also did a bunch of other stuff on their own, like uh Eric Idol did yeah. The Ruttles, the mockumentary on the based around the Beatles, which that's I told right. you about. Yeah, yeah. On yep. that's on YouTube. That's something that I'd recommend as like a fun little mockumentary. Okay. Check out the Ruttles. Yep. Um but yeah, number ten, Life of Brian. Yeah, nice. That is a good number 10. So, I suppose it's down to my number 10. And that's the thing, 1970s. Oh my gosh, what a decade. A lot of of wonderful films came out. A lot of different films that I think changed cinema came out in the 70s. That's for sure. Um, Because obviously you've got films like Star Wars and a lot of sci-fi-esque stuff and everything like that. But I would love to say Star Wars, but... You know, we've talked about Star Wars way too much on this podcast and everything Star like that. Trek. So I'm going I'm going to put it down to my second favorite film from the 70s. That's not Star Wars, but it's still sci-fi related. So there was a small film. You might have heard of it, Clayton. Came out in 79 called Alien. What? You know, you know, you you, you might you might have heard of a little film called Alien? <laughs> Probably. Someone um, was screaming probably? about it, but I couldn't hear him. In yeah. Face. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yes, this oh, still okay. has to be one of the best. Well, for me, anyway, it's definitely the number one best like sci-fi horror film to date still. This, the overall aesthetic, the theme to it, what Ridley mm. Scott was trying to like 
make with this universe. And I love the alien universe, man. Like I absolutely love it. I, really, I like going to the lore so and cool. everything for it. Um, so and cool, I always forget the um, artist that's behind it all, that it was all inspired of like uh, oh, yes. Krieger um, or something like that. Oh, I actually want to get his yeah. um, article because he's basically the same guy that did a lot of the stuff. Uh, well, like it's really weird abstract architecture and what he did and everything like that. Oh, um, but obviously, it's yeah, like this Geiger. Was, Geiger or something. HR Geiger. Geiger. Yeah. HR Geiger or something like that. Um, but yes, like it's obviously Sigourney Weaver's first big film that um, she started and everything like that. This is the first ever like female, big female lead film for something like this. Um, and she did a tremendous job for it, especially she when is. like you are being. <laughs> there she is. Uh, the and then you also have a young John Hurt as well in it. And yep. yeah, it's just like this interesting idea in of too. this weird alien creature thing that's just going around murdering everyone. And then later, they obviously followed it up with a sequel where they kicked the aliens' butts and there was more of them and everything like that. Oh, yeah. And But they've never been able to replicate their first alien film like ever again. That was like once... Once in a lifetime, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's like sure. Jaws. I mean, which we actually didn't say on our list. <laughs> Whoa. That was definitely an Whoa. honorable mention. But um, yeah, Alien is, yeah, it's one of my favorite sci-fi movies, one of my favorite horror movies, one of my favorite movies. I love this one, and I prefer yeah. it to the second one. I know a lot of people have the other yep. way around, yep. but I, I love this no, movie. I, per, I prefer this. Yeah, I prefer the insane. first one more. Um, it also leads into everything else. Like, I have the novelization to the movie. Like, Alien Isolation, yeah. which is basically this movie, the yeah. game, is one of my favorite yeah. video games ever. Like, yep. This this is my horror movie. This is one... It's so good. I can't wrap my head around what makes it so good other than it's... Yeah. It's it's awesome. Everything Well, about that's the thing, because awesome. hopefully... Um, because we talked about in the news, I know if a few weeks ago or whatever, that they actually finished wrapping up on the new Aliens film. Um, and I forgot the new director and everything like that. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do now because Ridley Scott's not in charge of this new one that's coming out. He, he's kind of let it go to other people. So it's going to be quite interesting now to see what other people do with this franchise. And I want to see more of it. That's the thing. Like I, Even though like the new films that came out like Prometheus and Alien Covenant and everything like that. Even though they got a little bit weird and a little bit wacky and stuff like that because he was trying to like rectify a lot of the things that he made in the older films. Yeah. Um, I still kind of loved him in my own weird way. Like I still love the aesthetic of him. Um, I love mainly a lot of um, Michael Fassbender's performance as the robot guy yes. in it. It was just mm-hmm. like, was on top. Like he was just like the best thing Definitely. out of those films really. And yeah, the spacesuit designs and everything like that. So yeah, no, it's really interesting franchise, and it all started with this little film. So, oh yeah, no, I I'm very much a big fan. I love all of the Alien movies, even like Alien Three and Resurrection. They're just they're fun. Um, Alien vs yep. Predator yep. is also fun too. They're they're not good, but they're fun. Yeah, and then yeah. it's crazy because like the first two are, are good movies, and then everything else is just fun, stupid, short. Well, here's the, here's the thing: the, the, the Alien vs Predator films we don't we don't cut. They're not canon, all right? They're not canon. I know they're not canon, but they're fun. <laughs> the second one they're in fun. particular, Requiem, I really do like Requiem. I actually yeah. think that's a, really, yeah. that's a really good one. But um, yeah, I guess that brings us an end to the 70s, Barry. We're making our way through it time. It does bring us an end to the 70s. Yeah, yeah. So obviously I there like, was a couple honorable wow. mentions that we didn't say. So obviously there was Jaws, um, the Star Wars 
film and um, Godfather and stuff like that. But we've talked, yeah, Superman, but we've talked about those films before. Um, and that's the thing, a lot of films, a lot of films in the 70s, and there's a lot of films in the 60s. A lot of movies. And then potentially if we keep doing the decades, uh, there's going to be a lot of films in the 80s. So, you know, boy, stay tuned not, for that whenever that comes out. The 80s. <laughs> <laughs> we're not making it through the 80s. That's that's oh, going to be a long God. list. We're going to do like 20 each or something, man. <laughs> oh, that'd be insane. be like a two-hour episode. I don't know if people listen to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah I don't know if yeah, I'll yeah. listen to that. That's excessive. <laughs> we'll do a two-parter. We need a guest uh, on. We'll do a two-parter. We need a guest on. Yeah, we'll, we'll, do, we'll bring a guest on. Change it up a bit. Um, But, yeah, I think that's where we shall leave it. For today, Clayton. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening to the podcast yet again, everyone. So make sure to leave us down in the comments or wherever a list on who do you think had the better list, me or Clayton. You know, we want to find out. Let us know down below and we'll see you in the next week's podcast. Ding 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 